Hi, and welcome to Heart to Heart, a Kingdom Hearts podcast, where I, Austin, explain the Kingdom Hearts series to my friends. Hi there, I'm Cronus. I've just been enjoying the series, and I can't wait to see what tonight brings. Hi, I'm Darylise, and I am uh, currently off location in an undisclosed bunker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at my parents' house. Anyways. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm Riley, and I am so stoked for tonight's episode, and you will absolutely know why when we get there. And I'm just happy to be here in this place with my friends and all of you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, tonight we're going to dive in. Kingdom Hearts 2. It's initially released December of 2005 for the PlayStation 2. It's been re-released several times and we're using the uh, I didn't mention it with Kingdom Hearts 1 but for all these games we're using the Final Mix versions because those have a few extra cutscenes. Usually they aren't voiced but sometimes they starting in this game they are. Yeah, I don't know if we will even get to the title card of Kingdom Hearts 2 today because Kingdom Hearts 2 has a notoriously long introduction. Okay. It's like two two weeks worth, right? Uh, six days in-game that we Not deal with weeks. before we get the uh, title card. But, you know, we start, as all things do, with the company logos that produce this game. <laughs> as one does, you know? And then we go to a scene that we've seen a couple times now of Sora standing at those that crossroads outside of Castle Oblivion, staring up at the sky. And then words appear on screen, and we hear Sora's voice. A scattered dream that's like a far-off memory. A far-off memory that's like a scattered dream. I want to line the pieces up. Yours and mine. And this is the beginning of the opening cinematic. Or intro cutscene, however you want to look at it. Okay. And, you know, I I extra skipped through Chain of Memories 1 because it was literally just scenes from Kingdom Hearts 1. And while this one will retell Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories, it does it in a better way. It's not just scenes. It's like they have made this whole thing. So we open with Kyrie sitting on the Destiny Islands beach, making her... Wayfinder, good luck charm. Um, There's an extra shell or two sitting on the beach next to her, and we see uh, the water comes in and it washes one of these shells away. Then we see Sora, Kairi, and Riku sitting on the Paupu tree at sunset, looking off into the sky. And then eventually Kairi and Riku, or Kairi and Riku, and then eventually Destiny Islands itself start to disappear, and it sort of looks like sand being blown away in the wind. And right before, like, all of Destiny Islands is blown away, Sora jumps off the Papu tree, and then he's land, he lands in the Rising Falls in Hollow Bastion with Donald and Goofy by, him, by his side. He's jumping up the platforms, defeating Heartless, and then we're in the Grand Hall. Sora sees Kyrie lying on the floor. He runs over to her and is, like, holding her. Then he turns and sees Riku, who turns around and holds out his hand to Sora. 
And then we get the classic imagery of a large wave coming and crashing over him. Uh, and then Sora appears on Destiny Islands. He runs up to Riku with the Keyblade. And then back into the Grand Hall, Sora and Riku's blades clash. Sora spins to hit him, but he leaps back in the air. And as he's lowering back to the ground from this leap, pieces fly off him and it reveals him as Ansem. They continue to fight. And then uh, we cut straight to the door of Kingdom Hearts opening and light pouring out. Ansem shields his eyes. Um, and then we see Riku making the promise to Sora as the door closes. And then we cut back in time from what that should show and see Sora opening his heart with the Keyblade of Hearts. Um, and then Sora and Kyrie holding each other. Uh, and then we see Kyrie standing on Destiny Islands, staring out at the water. Uh, and it's it's like the very end of the, the final cutscene of Game Hearts 1, where the island reappears. But then we get a weird transition thing with Kyrie, where suddenly we see a different version of her. An older version. And that's my first image that I'm sending you guys for Kingdom Hearts 2. Ooh, she got the converse now. With no laces. Uh, They're tied around her, her ankles. Yeah, I was. that's what I was going to say. Her laces are like turned into little anklets. And that's pretty cool. That's interesting. I like her new dress too. She's killing yeah. it. Same color scheme. Her shoes are a little more purple than pink. Uh, and her hair is quite a bit longer. It's like shoulder length rather than a little a little bob. She does look a little older here. Obviously not dramatically so. Like maybe but... a year older when you're a teenager. Yeah. 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 I think they they that translated well here. Mm-hmm. But then we cut over to Domine, who's drawing in Castle Oblivion, and she's clearly drawing spiral stairs. And then we zoom in on those, and we see those stairs become reality. Uh, and we watch Sora, Donald, and Goofy running up them, fighting Heartless. Uh, then there's a little wave of darkness, and we see Sora sees Diz and a figure in all black. Uh, then Sora's in a white hallway of Castle Oblivion and fighting Marluxia. At the same time, we see... Riku in a white hallway of Castle Oblivion fighting Ansem, and the keeps cutting back and forth between the fights. It looks really cool. Then we get another shot of Sword Donald and Goofy running up Castle Oblivion, uh, and we see for a little bit we see Riku running of like several floors behind them, and then we see another shot of Riku and Mickey on the underside of these stairs because these stairs are just sort of in a void, and we see Mickey, Rick, Riku and Mickey on the underside of these stairs running down. But then we see Sora entering the pod room uh, where Namine puts him in the sleep pod. In this, it almost looks like it was against his will, but it definitely was... He consented. Jumped into the pod. <laughs> it's important. Then, as classic Kingdom Hearts cutscene, Sora is falling and then shooting across uh, water. And then uh, we see down a sketchbook. It has a picture of a sleeping Sora. And then we see Sora, Kyrie, and Riku lying hand in hand on the beach. And then, sort of like as if somebody fell out of Sora, we oh. dive deep below the beach. And in very much like at the end of the 
Kingdom Hearts 1 intro cutscene, where Sora was like falling down through that void and then landed on something, we see a new anime boy with a bit blonder hair. Redacted? That we've seen several times in some secret movies. Falling through this void. It's redacted. <gasps> His blonde hair, like a, a white overcoat thing with like a darker undershirt and pants and then his from his, his pants like knees down or more tan he looks like he's, he's got, got those over leg pants things a little bit but they're very clearly like part of his pants so it's it's a weird yeah. pants situation yeah he does have big feet not quite as like over uh, disproportional they're... as Sora but they're big uh, if you look at the perspective of this photo one single foot his right foot looks like it it's longer than his shoulders are wide from let like shoulder to shoulder like his foot is longer than his shoulders are broad that's really like look at your feet and imagine them being wider than your fucking torso okay for some perspective listeners i know you needed that um, one his shoes are very very flat he's got the hot topic checkered uh bracelet and he has lots of checker like a, patterns on his outfit. And his uh, little zipper, that's a shuriken. It, it isn't exactly, but it does have that sort of shape. It totally is. Um, and that, that is Roxas. That is, I'll go ahead and say, that is, this is Roxas. We're about that's to meet him. to you, young man. Nope, we can say his name now. He is introduced. He's on the pod. What's that up, Roxas Redacted? Um, if you're listening to this Lilith, your boy has arrived. You are now allowed to say his name in the Discord. Join us at our Discord. Continue. But that, that thing on his zipper is Roxas's symbol, where I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but Sora has a little, like, crown necklace. That's his symbol. Oh, because he's the king of the Keyblade? No. I don't. No. That, it, that's, just, <laughs> that's just his symbol. We don't, it's not explained. Awesome. No. No, that's, no. Stop now, Krona. Stop on your head. Stop on your two but steps behind. Just like Sora did in the intro of Kingdom Hearts 1, Roxas sinks down through this dark water and then lands on something. He looks around a little like, what's going on? And then birds fly up out of this nothing ground that he's on. And it reveals a platform. Traditionally, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1, this was covered in Disney princesses. This one's not. This has Sora on one side, and then it has smaller circles on the other side that have Donald, Goofy, Kyrie, and Riku. Hmm. It's because no longer redacted is a nobody. He's totally a nobody. Or either that, or he's got Sora's OG body. He is the OG body. Body yaddy yaddy yaddy. We'll get there. And he, yeah, he stands on that platform and watches as the birds fly away, just like Sora did at the end of the Kingdom Hearts 1 cutscene. And you know, just like that time, I'm about to send you guys a link. Uh, notably, the song for Kingdom Hearts 2 is not simple and clean. Oh, wow. It is Sanctuary by Hikaru Utada, the same, the same musician. Also a good song. Excellent song. There's always debates in the community on which is better. But notably in this intro, 
there's times where both Kyrie and Naminé, and sometimes it'll swap between them, will be mouthing along with the words to the song. Okay. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think that's a nice touch. A nice artistic touch. My whole computer freaked out there for a minute. Everything went black and white. But I could still hear Sora's voice talking. So it was like, oh, God. a scattered memory. And I'm like, I'm not about to go into the anime world right now or something like that. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out, man. This is not a fan fiction written by a 12-year-old, and I am not a self-insert. I will say in this little part where Naminé and Sora are doing their thing, Naminé looks a little scary. Yeah, they they play that shot like it was... Naminé's a villain, and it was against his consent, but that's not how it was. I don't yeah. know. I can see why there's discussion or, like, yeah, discussion and debate on which song. Because what a They're bop. They're both fucking bops. Yeah. No one can deny that either. So, like, how no, do you I, Nobody does. It's just, that? like, it's really all preference. I think yeah. a lot of people are also swayed by the fact that this intro scene, cutscene has them mouthing to the words. So it, it, I don't know. It makes the song feel more. It's like a professionally the game. done AMV. Mm -hmm. That's yep. That's kind of what intro cutscenes are in in JRPGs. Oh, oh well, that's good. <laughs> that's good for me. Mm -hmm. But then we cut from Roxas on this platform with Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and Riku and Kairi. And we cut to a scene we've seen a couple times before as well. Of two people in organization coats meeting at the Dark Meridian, which is that dark sea. That dark beach. And the one who, I've already said, is unknown. The guy that we fought at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 as a secret boss says, you have arrived. I've been to see him. He looks a lot like you. Which I'm glad they changed the wording to he looks a lot like you, and not he looks just like you, because he doesn't look just like you. Okay. Notably, the guy that is standing um, doesn't have... We don't hear voices in this cutscene. We just see their words as text on screen. Who are you? I'm what's left. Or, maybe I'm all there ever was. I meant your name. My name is of no importance. What about you? Do you remember your true name? My true name is... And then we hear Kyrie's voice. Sora! And then we get a bunch of scenes from Kingdom Hearts 1 all the Destiny Island stuff, we get clips of that, but there's all sorts of video distortion. It's like, sort of like when you're looking at an old VHS and sometimes it's really grainy or like a, a area will be a little glitchy. And then between some of the clips, sometimes we see a bunch of binary. Hmm. And then we see the morning view of a boy's room and we see Roxas sitting up in bed. Another dream about him. And Roxas opens his windows and looks out at the town. It's clearly Twilight Town. We hear a train station bell and just 
uh, sounds of trains going by, and we get the Twilight Town logo on screen. And then we also get a a title card that says the first day. Then we cut to a little hangout spot that we'll know is called the usual place. It's in Twilight Town, and it's where Roxas hangs out with his buds here in Twilight Town. I'm about to send three folks. This first one is Hainer. <laughs> he looks like a Hainer. <laughs> He's got like a little gray vest and then like a tank top on under a black tank top underneath that has like it looks like drawn on almost a skull and crossbones. Okay. He's got camo pants and camo converse. And he's got fucking... wavy blondish hair. Something about him and like his hair and face reminds me of Odd from Cold Code Lyoko. Yes! Oh my gosh, I've been trying to figure out for years who he looked like. Yep, Odd, Code Lyoko. Absolutely. Ah. I fucking love his tank top, and I actually feel like I would wear this outfit. I'm very excited. On, like, an extra mask day, I would absolutely want to wear something like this. When did when did this come out, this game? 2005. You can tell. Just the vest and the <laughs> arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very, the outfits are very 2005. The big camo pants. The next friend is Pence. He's wearing a jersey that says dog street on it uh with like an an undershirt that has long sleeves on underneath he always has a, a sweatband on he jeans and just like some high tops he's um, so cute i like his tank too hanger or whatever his name is totally looks like he'd bully this kid oh nope they're buds or he like Picks mm. at him a little bit because he loves him to death. But if anyone even remotely alludes to picking at him, he will absolutely wreck their shit. Uh, 2021, that's the start of any gay ship in media. Oh. Valid. But, um... Oh, okay. I'm glad to be caught up on this. You gotta keep me youthful, Cronus. <laughs> I am ancient anymore. Anymore. I, I think uh, I think these characters are a bop. And the final buddy we find is o uh, the final Olivia? buddy we find is Olette. Oh, she's cute! What a cutie! She she's got like an orange cute. tank with a flower pattern on it, some khaki high waters, and yellow shoes with orange. Like mid high socks. I definitely had those pants in two thousand five. <laughs> so yeah, they're hanging out in the usual place, which is kind of like it looks like a like a like a shitty little shack in a back alley almost, but that's where they hang. Uh, we hear a, a train passing overhead. And we can see that Hainer, Pence, and Alette are talking, but we don't hear the words. And Roxas is there just sort of staring off into the middle distance. And then we hear it, Hainer. Man, doesn't that tick you off? Pence. Yeah, that's just wrong. Alette. Cypher's gone too far this time. And then they all look over at Roxas, who is like, I wasn't fucking listening, and just nods. And Hainer gets up off his seat and says, 
I mean, it's true that stuff's been to- stolen around town, and we did we do have a score to settle with Cipher and everything. So if he wants to think we did it, I can't really blame him. See, that's not what really bugs me. What really bugs me is that he's going around telling everyone we're the thieves. Now the whole town and their mothers are treating us like the Klepto Club. Have you ever been this ticked off before in your life? Because I haven't. Nuh-uh. Never. Now, what to do? I really like this dialogue. The Everybody the and their club. moms and Klepto Club. This is... <laughs> that's rich. <laughs> Uh, Olette clearly like doesn't know what since he ended it with what to do. Olette clearly doesn't know what to say and looks over at Roxas and he just shrugs and says, "Um, well, we could find the real thieves. That would set the record straight." And then Pence, "Hey, that sounds like fun. What about Cipher?" And then Roxas stands up and Hayner's crossing his arms. First, we got to clear our names. Once we find the real culprit, everyone will get off our backs. And Hayner's just sort of like, hmm. And then Pence goes, he's off in another part of the place doing whatever. Oh no, they're gone. And they look and see that Pence is holding a camera. Our, are gone. And he puts a hand to his throat. Like, I just said a thing, but I didn't hear it come out. What? And then Hayner, all our, are gone? Huh? And then he also goes for his neck like, the fuck? I just said a word, but I didn't hear it. No let. Huh? You can't say... Why not? Pence, but you do understand what I'm saying, right? Our... are gone. What? Stolen, Roxas. Stolen, and not just the... the word. They stole it, too. What kind of a thief is that? Cypher could never have pulled that off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time for some recon. Hainer, Pence, and Alette run off, and Roxas begins to follow, but then becomes dizzy. Huh? And he falls and blacks out. And then we hear Diz's voice. His heart is returning. Doubtless he'll awaken very soon. And then we see Roxas waking up on the ground. He stands up, dusts himself off, and Alette walks in and is like, Hey, Roxas, come on. Roxas nods and catches up to everybody in, like, main area of Twilight Town where there's several shops going on. His friends are already at the armor shop, so he heads over there. And Pence says, let's get this investigation underway. And the storekeeper's like, yo, Roxas, never thought you'd do such a rotten thing. And Roxas, we didn't steal anything, all right? I'd like to believe you, but who else would steal that stuff? What stuff? As if you don't know. Hey, I'm not going to tell you. Go ask the accessory shop. And this is mostly both them showing you the places around Twilight Town while also giving you uh, like a mechanical tutorial while this is going on. But they head over to the accessory shop and Hannah's like, go on, Roxas, ask her, because it's a lady that owns the accessory shop. And the owner, oh, it's you, Roxas. Please don't let me down. You used to be one of my favorite customers. I'm not a thief. Okay. It's not, it's no fun having everyone suspecting me, you know? Then you've got to find a way to clear your name. The woman at the candy shop is pretty disappointed, too. And they go over to the candy shop. The lady's like, Have you seen my cat around? Uh. Roxas points out that it's like on the awning over her shop and helps get it down. And she's like, Thank you, Roxas. Did they steal something from you, too? 
Oh my, yes, something important. Just so you know, we didn't do it. I believe you. Thanks for that, ma'am. So, what did they take from you? My... My precious... Looks like the culprit is going around stealing... And not just... But the word, too. Pence, this isn't your average thief. I wonder if Cypher would know anything about this. We gotta talk to him. Come on, to the Sandlot. And they run off to another area of Twilight Town. And run into a group of some folks. Uh, well, we won't get their names right away, but I'll go ahead and tell you them right now because it's not that big a deal. We see this first one's Vivi. They are a black mage from Final Fantasy IX. They are human, I assume. Um, that's just what they look like. Don't question it. I love their little hat that looks like a face. Yeah. I like the little... They look so cozy. They look like a Heartless, let's be real. They do kind of look like a Heartless, but I promise they are not. Yeah. They are a human. That's just what they looked like in Final Fantasy IX, so they aren't going to change what they looked like majorly to come to Kingdom Hearts. Right. The next three are all from Final Fantasy VIII, notably the same game that Leon comes from. Okay. But first one is Rai. Okay. The next one is Fu. Rai looks like a douchebag. Oh, he is, you know? Oh. Not, not to spoil his uh, his vocal tick, but... And the final one is Cypher, the boy we've been talking about the whole time. He is also his, looks like a douchebag. Is his, uh, is his vocal tick saying, you know? At the end of every sentence, yes. I hate that, because I do that a lot. So the four of them run to the Sandlot, where they find Vivi, Rai, and Fu talking. Vivi, like, notices them and just, like, looks. Um, and then Fu and Rai turn around, and Fu just goes, Thieves. Rai, that was low, you know? Vivi just shakes <laughs> shakes his hat. The script calls Vivi a her, but I looked it up, and Vivi is male, so I am not going to misgender them like this script does. Okay. And then Hayner, oh yeah? And then Cypher walks in. Nice comeback there, Blondie. What'd you say? Ooh. You can give us back the... now. Yeah, you're the only ones who would take it, you know? Oh, that God. was undeniable pr that was undeniable proof that we totally owned you lamers. So what did you do? Burn it? <laughs> Not that we need some to prove that you're losers. And then Fu, replay. <laughs> now you're talking. And Cypher V V Fu and Rai get ready to fight, so does Hainer. And Cypher, I guess if you get on your knees and beg, maybe I'll let it slide. Ew. And then Roxas sort of moves closer to them. They're all laughing at him. And Cypher's crossing his arms. And then Roxas, like, goes and is, like, looking like he's about to kneel down in front of them, like they just said. And he calls out, Roxas! And then Roxas, like, rolls into it and rolls over to, like, a, 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 a sword. Not like a bladed sword, but, like, it almost looks like a, like a wiffle bat. Oh, okay. And grabs one. And then you learn how to fight. So after you, uh, you fight Cypher, this is like your very intro, your very first fight. And after you've beat him a few times, like hit him a few times, you win. And Ryan Fu like step in in front of Cypher. Cypher's not feeling so hot, you know? Tournament decides. 
And then Pence gets out the camera and takes a picture of Roxas. Gives him a thumbs up. And then a thing appears. Something odd. I know. I'm going to send you a picture of it. And then I'm going to send you a video of this scene so that you can see how it moves. I don't like those things because of how they move. Oh, oh no. I'm not ready. I think I have vague memories of this. I don't got memories. They're so like it's silver bouncy. and a little lanky and stretchy and they're weird. And it has a zipper mouth and it's kind of like whitish grayish with some blue accents. And notably it has a symbol on its head. It's not the heartless symbol. I don't like them. So I'll go ahead and say it. This thing is called a dusk. Um, so this I... dusk comes out of nowhere, steals the camera, and then flees. I think it's kind of cute. It's real, like, it almost looks like, I don't even know. But it's kind of cute. Like, boing, like, boing, boing. Yeah. Yeah. Both bouncy and stretchy and doesn't quite make sense with physics in any manner. It's yeah. Like slime. Then Hainer, what was that? The thief. And then uh, Hainer, Pence, and Alette rush after the dusk. Roxas follows it. And there's a hole in the wall in one of the areas of Twilight Town that leads into the woods. And we rush through there. And we see the dusk. And it's like, almost kind of looks like it's swimming through the air above us. And we're just following it. And we come to the gates outside of an old mansion that we have seen a lot in... Uh, Chain of Memories already. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of lands outside the gate and Roxas approaches it. And then the screen goes black and we just see some white words on the screen. And it's interpreted that these are words that Roxas hears in his head. Okay. We have come for you, my liege. Huh? And the whole time, like the mouth area has been closed and the zipper on its own just comes undone right now. Uh, and then it's time to a fight. Roxas is hitting it with the sword, the like the wolf bat sword, basically, but it's doing nothing, just like Sora with the wooden sword at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts One. And Roxas looks at it. It's no use. But then there's like a bunch of binary that like goes up the length of the blade, and suddenly it's a keyblade. I'm going to just call that the data effect because we're going to see it a lot here for a while. So it's like zero one zeros, you know, changing it into a keyblade. Yeah, it's just like a, a little magical effect of like zeros and ones just sort of go over the sword and now it's a keyblade. What? What is this thing? Roxas looks at the dusk and then looks at the keyblade and is like, well, I still got to try and beat this thing up. Uh, and this time he can hit it, of course, because keyblade can do whatever. Uh, when he succeeds, the dusk vanishes, and a bunch of pictures fall to the ground. Uh, Roxas picks up the pictures, the camera, and the keyblade disappears from his hand. Um, and then he heads back to the usual spot. What's this? I was his first customer after he took, a, after he took over the shop, so we took a picture together. It's a really nice photo. Oh! And then Pence, hey, you just said photo! So, Roxas, tell us about the picture thief. Not much to say. The pictures were just lying there. Then how do we prove we weren't the ones who took them? And Hainer points at another picture, 
and says, it's a girl. And it's just a picture of Roxas with the owner of the accessory shop. Ah, children. Olette, you look happy, Roxas. Do not. Ah. So, like, those pens. So, like, anybody else notice that all the stolen pictures of Roxas? Oh, so that's why everyone thought it was us. You mean Cypher didn't go around accusing us after all? Are they really all of me? Yep. And Pence holds out a picture in his hand. See? Every single one. Wouldn't it be weird if the thief wanted to steal the real Roxas or something? Come on, get serious. Why would anyone steal... Why would anyone want to steal a bonehead like Roxas? Oh, thanks. And then the, forehead la the four friends laugh. Uh, we hear a train passing overhead. They all look up at it. And uh, then we see Hainer, Pence, and Alette wave at Roxas as they leave the usual spot. And then we see Roxas go to leave. But he holds out his hand to like block the sun from his eyes. And then he hears a voice. It's Sora's voice. Where am I? Who's there? Who are you? And then the screen goes like full static. Like remember old CRT TVs when you'd be on a channel that doesn't have anything? That kind of static. And then we hear a computerized yeah. voice say, Restoration at 12%. And then we're in like a dimly lit room with a bunch of computers and technology in it. And we see a tall man in a black coat walking up to Diz, who is sitting at a computer with a bunch of lit screens in front of him. Diz. Organization miscreants. They found us. But why would the nobodies steal photographs? Both are nothing but data to them. The fools could never tell the difference. We are running out of time. Namine must make haste. And then we get more glitchy Sora memories. But this time it's of all the Traverse Town stuff. And one of the last uh, scenes that we saw in that was... Um, Sora talking about the Keyblade. And as Roxas wakes up in his bed on the second day, he's saying, a Keyblade? The words the second day appear on screen, and Roxas is walking to the usual spot. He says, a Keyblade. Then he picks up a stick that's just like leaning against the wall, and he swings it around for a minute like it's a weapon. I don't know if he's expecting it to like turn back into the Keyblade or something, or what he's trying to do he's just fucking around because he's a kid and he says what was that about and he tosses it over his head and then he notices that it hits somebody a tall person wearing a black cloak and he's like oh sorry about that but the person starts walking away uh roxas walks into the usual spot sees hanger pence and olette already sitting enjoying some blue ice cream i'll go ahead and say it because uh we'll see it Throughout the series, this is sea salt ice cream. Yes. Which there's a kind of a there's kind of a story on why that made it into Kingdom Hearts. Apparently in um Disneyland Tokyo, they have sea salt ice cream there. And Tetsuya Nomura, the main director of Kingdom Hearts, really fucking liked it and was like, I'm putting it in our fucking game. I already work with Disney, they'll be chill with it. And they were. And so now it's a thing. Twilight Town has sea salt ice cream. I love Twilight Town, and I love sea salt ice cream, and I want some so bad that I could scream. Or ice cream. Austin, you gotta get to making sea salt ice cream. I, I know. There's a bunch of recipes online. I just have never done it. Well, um, maybe in October we can all do it. Yeah, when the pod's all in one spot. The pod all in one spot. Oh, man. 
can you see it now? Probably not because it's a podcast and in that format it's usually typically audio. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Hainer offers Roxas a, a bar of ice cream. Roxas says, thanks. And then Pence, do you guys think we'll always be together like this? Alette, I sure hope so. Huh? Where'd that come from? Oh, well, you know, just think it out loud. Well, I doubt we can be together forever, but isn't that what growing up's all about? What's important is, isn't how often we see each other, but how often we think about each other, right? Then Pence laughs. You get it off a fortune cookie? That's it. No more ice cream for you. Man, today's turning out to be a drag. <laughs> Maybe because of yesterday's memory thief. Nuh-uh. You know what it is? We don't want summer vacation to be over. That's all. How about this? We all go to the beach. Why do we go to the beach? Because we haven't gone once this entire vacation. Blue seas, blue skies. Let's just get on the train and go. And the rest of the gang don't say anything, but they also stand up. No, oh, come on, Roxas. Uh, maybe you forgot, but we're broke. Maybe you forgot? I'm smart. And then everybody except for Roxas runs out of the usual spot. And then Pence is like, Roxas, come on. Uh, Roxas meets up with them in a back alley. And uh, they head up to a, a poster on the wall that says The Struggle. Just two days to go. You and I have to make the finals. That way, no matter who wins, the four of us split the prize. Okay, you're on. Pence, you two are going to clean up. Go get them. And then Roxas and Hayner, like, do a bro gesture at each other. And Hayner, it's a promise. Now, let's get down to business. One ticket to the beach is 900 money. So how much is that for four of us? I guess this is a good point to mention. Uh... The currency in Kingdom Hearts games is money. M-U-N-N-Y. M-U-N-N-Y? Mm. Well, money? Yep, money. I love that. Give me money. How much How much for the four of us? And then I'll let doing quick some quick math. 3,600 money? Christ. And 300 each to spend there. So, so what's that for all of us? Uh... 1200 money, so a total of 4800 money. Wish I had that much money. Oh, well, yeah. this is definitely based off of uh, yen, mm -hmm. so this is actually a very small amount of money. You know, still more money than I probably have on me right now. And then Roxas is like, to spend on what? Pretzels, of course. What else is there? Well, there's always watermelon. Too pricey. They're like 2000 money a piece. Yeah, pretzels it is, I guess. So where were we? We need 4,800 money altogether, but all we have is... And then Pence, I got 800. I'll let 650. Roxas, uh, 150. Sorry. And Hayner, that's like six. That's like 1,600 money. We need another 3,200, so let's find ourselves some odd jobs and earn some dough. And we'll have till the train leaves to earn 800 money each. And then Hayner runs, is starting to run off and says, meet at the station with cash in hand. And then Pence, didn't he say he had it covered? Whatever. I mean, those pretzels are sounding pretty good. And then you get to run around and do a bunch of different odd jobs. You can keep doing them until you have basically, like, the whole money that everybody needs to go get. If you do that, then when you meet up with everybody and give them your money, they're like, oh shit, we can actually get watermelon. Uh, but these are all little mini games. Like, you can 
deliver mail. You can like push this big wagon of trash up a hill. You can do this grandstander event where you keep hitting a ball. It's like when you do keepsy upsies, so you're trying to keep a ball up in the air for as long as you can. Uh, oh, I you remember you playing this. Mm -hmm. You can go clear out some bees. You can go put up posters for an event. You can uh, go like destroy some old machines. I don't understand that one. That one makes the least amount of sense. But if you're looking for just speed to money time, just do the mail one over and over and over. Uh, but then eventually, after Roxas helps out with some odd jobs, he meets the other three at the station plaza. All present and accounted for? What have we got? Let's see. And Roxas pulls out his money. Um, and then it, the wording here changes a little bit, like I said, based on how much you did. Um, but it looks like at this one, everyone's like, uh, hey, good job. Uh, and then Olette pulls pulls out a money pouch that she made and says, nice work, everyone. Added to what we started with, we now have, ta-da, 5,000 money. Sweet. And then Olette gives the bag to Roxas and says, let's get the tickets. And Olette and Pence run ahead into the station. And then Hayner says, we can't be together forever, so we'd better make the time we have something to remember. Huh? Gotcha! I can't have emotions! And jokingly punches Roxas. Uh, and then brushes off to join uh, Hayner and Pence. Roxas goes to follow, but then trips over something invisible. And then we see that there's a small stick on the ground. Sort of like the one that he accidentally threw at a guy in a black cloak. Uh, Roxas starts coming to his knees and like checks his lip to see if he's bleeding. I don't know if he like face planted or what. But then he sees someone in a black cloak standing beside him and goes, huh? And the person helps him up kind of gruffly and clearly whispers something in his ear, but we don't hear it right now. And Roxas just looks up at him and goes, what? And then Hayner calls from the doors of the station. Roxas, three minutes. Okay. Roxas looks back to where the figure was, but they're gone now. So he catches up with his friends uh, and Hayner bends down to the teller and holds up four fingers. Four students. And then Pence, Roxas, the money. Wait, and Roxas is searching all his pockets. No. Huh? And then Roxas looks back towards the, the plaza and remembers the cloaked person picking him up and is like, that guy took it. And he starts to rush off. And Olette's like, where are you going? Remember when I fell? I had the money before that. I bet that guy took it. Guy? He couldn't have gone too far. What are you talking about? There was no guy. And we see a shot of it from their perspective where Roxas literally just stands up after falling. Huh? But he... There wasn't? Really? And then we hear a train whistle blow, and clearly they've missed the train to the, to the beach. There wasn't anyone there? Then Hainer Pencilet leave the station, and then we see later on in the day, the four of them are eating sea salt ice cream on the ledge of a clock tower. Um, we see a train moving in the background. And Roxas is just sitting there thinking, and not really eating his ice cream, it's kind of dripping. And Olette looks over and is like, hey, it's melting. Oh, sorry. Cheer up already. That was definitely weird, though. Strange. 
You said it. And then Roxas sort of to himself, can you feel Sora? And then we cut back to that guy picking him up. And that same voice that was talking to Diz uh, clearly says, can you feel Sora? And then the screen goes all static again, and we hear the computer voice one more time. Restoration at 28%. Then we see we're back in that room with Diz and the cloaked guy. Diz is staring at his screens. Namine, hurry. Then we see in the background, the guy in the cloak is juggling. Not really juggling, but like just, you know, throwing up and catching the, the money pouch that he just stole from Roxas. Diz is at the computer screens. Is it really that hard to make a beach? We'd be giving the enemy another entry point. And this, holding up the money pouch. We can always buy some sea salt ice cream. <laughs> and the figure just goes back to tossing and catching the pouch. Objects from that town must be kept out of the real world. You can delete that. More glitchy Sora memories, this time from a bunch of Disney worlds. Uh, but then we, we go right back to Diz, who's still at his desktop. And then we see a shot of Naminé in front of the capsule in a white room. And it's like Roxas must be dreaming this part, because suddenly him and Naminé are like talking to each other in their heads just a touch. Or maybe Roxas is just seeing this in his dream. But he says, who are you? And Naminé turns and smiles, like as if she knows where he is in this room. Uh, and then Roxas wakes up in his bedroom. And for a second, we see that Naminé is there too. But by the time he turns his head to look, she's gone. Huh? And then we see the third day. Roxas heads back to the usual spot, but there's uh, nobody there, just a letter on the couch. It says, meet at the station. Today we hit the beach, and don't sweat about the money. That's signed from Hayner. Uh, so he starts heading towards the station uh, and sees Prince and Olette walking down the road. Hey, morning. And then the two freeze, like mid-step. It's like time pauses for everything except for Roxas. Roxas goes to run up to them, but suddenly Naminé's there, and she goes, Hello, Roxas. Uh, hi. And you are? And Naminé, like, puts a finger up to her lips. I wanted to meet you, at least once. Me? Yes, you. And he sort of scratches his head and Naminé starts to walk away. And then as soon as she's like out of sight, Penson will let unfreeze and just keep going as if nothing, nothing changed from their perspective. Olette dragged me along to go shopping. Hey, you want to come with us? Um, wait, did you just see that? And he's sort of looking in the direction that Naminé went. He's stalling. Very well, then. We'll see you later, Roxas, okay? Uh, yeah. And then they head off to finish whatever shopping they're doing. Did she go to that haunted mansion? 
And then Roxas starts heading the direction that he would go to go to the mansion, and he sees Nomine in the distance, so he keeps heading that way. Uh, when he gets into the... Uh, gets near the hole to go into the woods, a dark cloud appears and some dusks come out of it, and it looks like they're trying to pull him into this darkness portal. And he says, let me go! And then rushes back and uh, enters the sandlot, where it just happens, Cypher, Fu, Rai, and Vivi are. And Cypher calls out, Hey, chicken wuss. What? What? Hold on. Oh. What the fuck? What is... Cypher's... Cypher has said two put-downs to these folks, and they have been calling them lamers, and now calling Roxas a chicken wuss. What's a chicken wuss? Uh, yep. So many feelings. Is that First like... All... It speak for chicken shit? Maybe. Yeah. Probably. I thought it was a play on calling somebody a chicken and a wuss, which both means coward. Hey, coward, coward. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you cowardly cowardson. I feel like no one in this pod right now was perf- was fucking prepared at all for you to hit us with chicken wuss, first of all. Second of all, Darylise's uh, response being like, wait, fucking, fucking what? Excuse the fuck out of me. Yeah, that well, pretty much captured the studio. Well, I can't cuss too loud. Or I will get yelled at when I go into the living room. Yeah, you better <laughs> behave, Darylise. I already told Rocky to lay the fuck down, and my mom was like, <sighs> Don't talk to my grand dog that way. Yeah. Darylise, you're only 26 years old. You think you're grown? Absolutely. <laughs> Need to pull a Sora and get out of here. <laughs> Roxas sort of stops running when he hears Chicken Wuss. He's just like totally taken aback and like, what the fuck did you just call me? He doesn't say that, but he's, he pauses with that kind of energy. Should. I'm glad he's confused too. But with him pausing, the dusks enter the sand lot. And Fu goes, who's that? And the Fu and Rai get into fighting positions. Vivi runs away, <laughs> scared. And Cypher goes, I don't know, but they've already crossed the line. Find a weapon. And the Roxas sees one of the battling swords, grabs it, tries to fight the Dusks, but, you know, that sword can't do anything. Uh, he stands back up and notices, uh, he gets thrown to the ground. Upon standing back up, he sees that Cypher, Vivi, Fu, and Rai are completely frozen in time. He just says, not good. And the Dusks are just approaching him. And then we hear Naminé's voice. Roxas, use the Keyblade. Uh, Roxas looks up and sees Naminé on a building overlooking the Sandlot. Uh, and as a Dusk comes in to attack Roxas, he goes to block with his hands. And suddenly, he's in the Station of Serenity. What a the platform. Heck is that? A platform of stained glass with Sora on it, just like at the intro cutscene. And in front of him are platforms with a sword, a shield, and a staff. Just like Kingdom Hearts 1, you choose sword, shield, or staff. This will boost what that the associated stat, either attack, defense, or your magic. 
it's less dramatic in this game, so you can kind of choose whatever you prefer. But I would still generally suggest uh, just choose either shield or staff. So you can choose whatever you want, and then uh, after you choose, it turns into a Keyblade. And then Dusks rush this platform, and Roxas defeats them. Um, and then after you defeat them, there's a treasure chest. You learn how to open treasure chests. Then a door opens. You learn how to open a door. <laughs> but a text on screen appears when the door is here, and I'm pretty sure this is not Mickey, so I don't have a fucking clue here. But whatever. Text on screen says, Be careful. Beyond that door lies a completely different world, but don't be afraid. Roxas walks towards the door. Don't stop walking. Roxas opens the door and ends up in the Station of Calling, which looks very similar, but there's three of these platforms, and the main color of them isn't always the same. One's blue, one's red, one's green. But it's always the same like main image of Sora and his friends. And there's like smaller stained glass platforms connecting them. Um, Roxas fights through these. Uh, dusks keep appearing, uh, but he makes it to another door and enters the name that has always sticks in my head, the Station of Awakening. Yeah. This is a similar platform, but it's a much more important one than most of the others. Partially because this is where we fight the dark side of this game. Only it's not a dark side, because we aren't fighting Heartless yet. We're only fighting, fighting nobodies. Is it Uggy? This is Twilight Thorn. Oh. I don't like it. It is huge, Twilight just like the dark side. Thorn? It's like white and spiky a little bit. A humanoid shape. Has the, I... I'll go ahead and say it, the nobody symbol on its face. It has like a scarf. Thing that like goes off into a couple tentacles with spikes at the end. Um, it's a funnish fight. It's a little too tutorially, in my opinion. Interesting but... looking. He also moves a little weird, like the dusks do. Like there's a point in time where like yeah. he's pretty far away from the platform, and his arms just like stretch all the way to Roxas, and then his Ooh. body catches up eventually. But you fight him. Eventually, you defeat him. And then Roxas finds himself in a white room, standing before Nomine. Uh, but before he speaks, she puts a finger to her lips and says, My name is Nomine. Roxas, do you remember your true name? And then, you know, a cloaked figure that's been stealing shit from Roxas pops up in the room and says, Say no more, Nomine. But if no one tells him, Roxas will... It's best he doesn't know the truth. Hey, you're that pickpocket. The man holds out his hand and conjures a dark portal behind Roxas. Roxas tries to get away from it, but the guy the cloak just pushes him inside. And then Roxas wakes back up in the sand lot. Uh, he's like on the ground and uh, Cypher and crew are like posing above Roxas on the ground. And Rai's like, Cypher, strike a pose, you know? How's this? That's totally perfect, you know? Roxas sees <laughs> Fu taking a picture of them posing above him, uh, using Pence's camera for some reason. How about one more, you know? 
And then Roxas stands up and says, What's that for? A keepsake. Those freaks in white jumpsuits are gone, you know? Cakewalk. Yeah, he says that literally after every single sentence he says. Yes. The back and forths, I feel like I would get so done so fast. I know what you mean, you know? Oh my god. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. What were those things? Outsiders. That's what. And if they don't wise up to the rules around here, I might have to take disciplinary measures. Oh yeah, Cypher's always looking after the town, you know? And Roxas looks over and sees Hainer, Pence, and Olette are walking into the Sandlot and see Roxas standing and talking with Cypher and his crew. And then, clearly upset, Hainer rushes off in a huff. Roxas calls out, wait up, and then runs to follow them. Cypher calls out after them, hey, no chickening out, no chickening out of the tournament tomorrow. We'll be waiting, you know. Uh, Roxas makes it back to the usual spot where the three are already eating sea salt ice cream and Pence goes so you hung out with Cypher's gang today? no it, it's not like that oh yeah how was the beach wasn't that today? we didn't go it wouldn't be the same without you right? sorry hey how about how about we go tomorrow we give those pretzels and I promise to be somewhere oh oh and then Roxas remembers agreeing, like making that promise to fight in something called the struggle tomorrow. Uh, Roxas just sort of sits there like, I fucked up. And then Hainer goes, I'm out of here and leaves. And then the screen goes staticky. We get a computer voice. Restoration at 48%. Diz in the computer with the cloaked man behind him. Was that Naminé made out of data? No. Naminé hijacked the data herself. Look what she's done now. She's totally beyond my control. And he slams his desk with his fist. Calm down. It doesn't matter. As long as Naminé accomplishes her goal, we didn't worry about what befalls Roxas. And then we get more glitchy Sora memories. This time it's all Hollow Bastion, baby. So Roxas wakes up, looks out his window as usual, says, right, promise, and moves sort of like he's using a sword and says, oh, what a mess. Just goes and scratches his head, and then the fourth day appears on screen. Uh, and later we see Roxas heading off to the sandlot. He passes with the shopkeeper who says, hey, hurry up, you're going to be late. Roxas makes it there, and there is now a... a, a like a stage, but like a, a a little like wrestling arena, sort of in the middle of the sandlot now. There's a bunch of people gathered here to watch the struggle. Uh, we see Pence and Olette standing next to each other, and Pence leans over and is like, who are you going to root for? Both of them silly. Uh, and then we hear the producer of the struggle, and he is a very boisterous man. I don't know if that I will do him justice, but he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, struggle friends of Twilight Town, it's time for summer's most sizzling clash. That's right, today is the day for the struggle and title match. Who will be the one to break through the ranks and take on our champion, Setzer? And we hear Rai cry out, Cypher, you know? 
and the producer says, and who will leave today as our new struggle champion? And we hear Hayner and Pence call out, Hayner, Roxas. And then we hear a whole bunch of women in the crowd call out, Setzer. And then we hear the crowd sort of chant, Setzer, Setzer, Setzer. Yes, the crowd is fired up. So you know what comes next. Let's. And the whole crowd yells it with him. Struggle. And fireworks go off. Uh, and then he's the producer. But then the announcer shows up. I don't know why they didn't just make this one person. Whatever. Hey, now it's time to introduce today's combatants. The four bad boys who struggled their way through the preliminaries. Regular finalist and head of the Twilight Disciplinary Committee. Cypher. Completely out of nowhere. Who knew he'd make it this far this year? Vivi. An underground, an underground favorite and local attitude problem. Hayner. It's his first trip to the finals. And struggler number four, who happens to be my absolute favorite customer. Roxas. And this is the same guy from the armor shop. Uh, Hayner like across the stage sort of looks over to Roxas uh, and they both sort of look away solemnly because, you know, they're in a little like teenage boy fight. Oh man, all the eggs. So who will win this sweltering summer struggle? Who will take the grand prize, the summa cum laude of struggle, the four crystal trophy and the chance to take on our defending champion, Setzer. Uh, and then we see, we see this man that everyone's been crying out about. And I believe, unless I've already forgotten, he is also from Final Fantasy VIII. But, like, you know, Cypher is a villain from Final Fantasy VIII, so he's somebody that Leon in his game, like, argues with. But he's kind of the Riku of that game. Or Setzer's more, like, he's not the full-on Ansem, but he's like the Maleficent of that game, I think. Like, he's a bigger bad. I don't understand why he is suddenly... He's not quite a teenager. I feel like he's in his early 20s. I don't understand why he gets to, like, chill, basically, and be popular. He's got purple eyes, and he's wearing his cloak like Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. And he has long silver hair. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but Setzer holds up the champion belt. It won't be long now, folks. I suggest our challengers go over the official struggle rules before we begin. And the challengers, you can walk up and you can get told the rules of the struggle. But basically, uh, you hit people with those same struggle bats that we've been seeing this whole time. Those fake swords. And orbs pop out of them. And you, everybody starts with 100 orbs. If somebody gets all 200 of the orbs, then you, uh, you've automatically won. Timer stops. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, whoever has the most orbs at the end of the time wins. In the manga, we see how this works in world, where they are literally like in Velcro outfits with like tennis balls basically stuck to them. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're doing it. <laughs> it's not shown like that in game. They just, the balls just appear out of them. But I just think it's kind of funny. Um, the producer hands Roxas and Hainer each a battle sword and pats them on the shoulder. Hainer points the sword towards Roxas. Uh, because they're they're going to be the first two. And the rock says, "Hey, sorry about yesterday. What? You still worried about that? You need to let you need to learn to let that stuff go. I've got a lot on my mind. Sorry, man. 
hey, what am I sorry for? <laughs> and then he smiles, uh, and this makes Roxa smile as well. Uh, and then we see Pence and Olette see this off on the side, and they sort of smirk at each other, like, glad they're already over their fight. And the announcer. Our first match of today's struggle tournament will be between Roxas and his best friend, Hayner. Ready, Roxas? And you battle Hayner, and you win. And the winner is Roxas. Announcer raises Roxas's arms. Roxas waves to the crowd. Not even friendship will slow this kid down, and Hayner put up a great fight, too. Roxas looks over at Hayner. Oh, I lost. I can't believe it. I guess I taught you well. I had a lot of fun fighting you. And Hayner smiles and then stops and crosses his arms. Yeah, well, I didn't, wise guy. Hey, let's find a way to cheer you up. Nah, it's all right. Uh, and they, like, friendly punch each other as they walk off. Uh, but Hayner almost walks into Cypher. Cypher's walking onto stage. Cypher's just like, out of the way. You in a rush to lose? Um... And then suddenly Roxas looks to his side and sees Vivi's right next to him and like jumps because Vivi got there silently. And then Vivi does this weird, creepy giggle. But then uh, Vivi and Cypher are alone on stage. Cypher, uh, the answer, who just look at those sparks fly. I guess Cypher didn't expect to fight one of his own boys. And then Cypher and Vivi fight each other. And it's basically done in about, like they, they hit, they do some blocking of each other for a while, but then in one hit of actually making contact, VV basically knocks off all of Cypher's orbs. And then the answer, I, uh, I'm not sure what just happened, um, but the winner is VV in a positively blistering comeback. And Cypher sort of sits up, shakes his head, and as he's walking by Roxas, because he's getting off stage, and Roxas has got to go up and now face Vivi, he says, that's not Vivi. Huh? Thrash him. And then Cypher, Fu, and Rai are leaving the sandlot. Uh, the producer walks over to where Hainer and Roxas are and is like, uh, so it looks like Cypher's withdrawn from the struggle. Uh, so um, he's no longer in third place. And Hainer, so I'm in third now? Ah, oh, baby! Uh, and then Roxas and Vivi get their swords and enter the arena. And now, the match you've been waiting for. Roxas versus Vivi! Uh, you battle him, and then just as Roxas goes in for the final strike, something stops. Roxas noticed that everything's frozen in time except for him and Vivi. And then Vivi turns into a dusk. And then several more appear. And Roxas is just like, again? And then with a data effect, the, the struggle bat turns into a keyblade. Roxas fights the dusks and then wins, but he's alerted by a cloaked man clapping. And he goes, this man goes, Roxas, all right, fight, fight, fight. And the man walks closer to the stage. You really don't remember? It's me, you know. And he lowers his hood. Axel. And Roxas. Axel? Man, talk about, talk about blank with a capital B. Man, oh man. Even the dusks aren't going to crack this one. And his chakram appear in his hands. Wait a sec. Uh, tell me what's going on. This town is his creation, right? 
which means we don't have time for a Q&A. You're coming with me, conscious or not. Then you'll hear the story. And then Axel gets ready to fight. But like this weird effect that happens when everybody freezes sort of flies around Roxas. And Axel's like extra on guard and goes, uh-oh. And then Roxas sighs, looks at the Keyblade, and throws it down in frustration and yells, what's going on? And then the Keyblade appears back in his hand in a flash of light. Number 13, Roxas, the Keyblade's chosen one. And Axel readies to fight again. Okay, fine, but you asked for it. That's more like it. And then Roxas fights Axel. Not bad, Roxas. But then disappears on the stage as well. So it was you. And Axel tries to throw his chakram at Diz, but they like glance off with no impact. Roxas, this man speaks nonsense. Roxas, don't let him deceive you. Roxas. Roxas. And they just keep yelling his name back and forth <laughs> for a while. And Roxas starts like basically having a panic attack. And he's just like, you like the sound of them yelling sort of fades. And it's just like this rumbling sound for a while. And Roxas like starts grabbing his head. And then he just calls out. He's like under his breath says, Hainer, Pence, Olet. And then he yells it. Hainer, Pence, Olet. They're gone. Time resumes. And the crowd is cheering once again after Roxas just defeats Vivi. So it was you. Roxas! This man speaks nonsense. Roxas! Don't let him deceive you! Roxas! Roxas! And then Vivi's like, huh? How did I get here? Uh, Hainer, Olette, and Pence brush the stage, and they're all like, Roxas, yeah. And the answer, ladies and gentlemen, Roxas, our new top struggler. Hainer notices that Roxas is a little, like, upset. Is like, Roxas? And then the crowd, first the ladies, Setzer! And then, Setzer, Setzer. And Setzer's clearly just, like, being that kind of extravagant guy who's just, like, taking in the adoration of his fans. Oh, Roxas, it's starting. And then the producer, you two play fair now. You're at the top of the bracket. Setzer, there's only room for one up here. Well, may the best man win. And the producer walks off stage. And then Setzer looks at Roxas and says, Hey, Rucksack, how about you throw the match for me? I don't know if he actually thinks Roxas's name is Rucksack or if he's, like, negging him. <laughs> but it's way funnier if he's just, like, an idiot and doesn't know Roxas's name. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then Setzer, let me win and I'll make it worth your while. Get real. Get real. Then the announcer, Roxas, our underdog hero, versus Setzer, our defending champion. The winner of this match will be the true champion. That's bragging rights for one whole year, folks. Whatever you think is right, you're wrong. And that is a big mistake. My life's a chip in your pile. Time to ante up. And this is one of those fights where it can go either way. You can win or lose. 
and speedruns, you want to lose. And it really just depends. Uh, I think technically the item you get for losing, like the consolation prize, is actually better long term, but the winning prize is better short term. Mm. But canonically, I think Roxas wins. Uh, Setzer goes, I'm not supposed to lose. And the crowd is no longer cheering his name. They're cheering, Roxas, Roxas, Roxas. Hey. He, doesn't, he doesn't get the ladies all swooning over him, though, unfortunately. He's a child. Yeah. Setzer goes to start walking <laughs> off stage and, like, turns dramatically and points at Roxas like he's going to say something. But then Hainer, Pence, and Olette rush up past him, and he just, like, pauses and then stops and just walks <laughs> off. Uh, but Hainer, Pence, and Olette rush up. Roxas, you did it. Uh... That was awesome, Roxas. Roxas waves to the crowd, and then the producer gives him the champion belt. And then we cut to later on the ledge of the uh, the clock tower. Roxas is sitting there with his friends, and he's holding the crystal trophy. And I didn't describe it earlier, but it's like this. It's got like these different, I don't know, tentacle-ish looking arm things. They don't like have hands. They're just like formless tentacles, and they're holding orbs and there's one red one green one blue and one yellow and he takes off the yellow crystal and tosses it to Alette. takes off the red and then the green tosses the red to Hainer, the green to pence and takes out the blue one and holds it for himself and he holds it up sort of like so he's looking at it like looking at the sun shining through it and goes as promised because they promised to split the prize thanks a ton roxas one more treasure for us to share and then everybody holds theirs up and sort of looks through it. I've got a present too, for all of us. And Olette takes out four bars of sea salt ice cream. And Roxas stands up, like sort of excited, uh, and is going to grab it. And then he teeters, and he is uh, falling. But then the screen flickers, and we see... New grown-up Kyrie walking down a road. She is in a school uniform. And then we hear Selfie behind her, who's also grown up and in a school uniform, but is only in like one shot, so I didn't get a screenshot of her. And she's like, hey, Kyrie, wait up. Kyrie stops and lets Selfie catch up and says, Selfie goes, hey, do you feel like going to the island? Titus and Waka are all wrapped up in their ball game and they won't go with me. Not today. Sorry. Ah, oh, why not? Do you remember those boys who used to hang out with us? Riku? Yeah. I wonder what ever happened to him. I sure miss him. He's far away, but I know we'll see him again. Sure, of course we will. And the other boy? What other boy? The one who was always with Riku and me. They played together on that island. His voice always used to be there, but now it's gone. I can't think of his face or his name. I feel awful about it. So I told myself. I'm not going to the island until I remember everything about him. Are you sure you didn't make him up? And then we hear Roxas's voice, and clearly Kyrie does too. Amine? And Kyrie like has a bit of a headache, and like we sort of cut to uh, Roxas still falling off the clock tower. Amine, what's happening to me? Who are you? And that's not my name. I'm Kyrie. Kyrie, I, I know you. You're the girl he likes. Who? 
please, a name. Uh, uh, I'm Roxas. Uh, okay, Roxas, but can you tell me his name? Then we hear Sora's voice. You don't remember my name? Thanks a lot, Kyrie. Okay, I guess I can give you a hint. Starts with an S. And then we cut to Kyrie waking up on the ground. So, like, she just passed out when she was having this mind meld with Riku. Or, Riku. This mind meld with Roxas. And Sophie's, like, trying to help her up. Is like, are you okay? And Kyrie nods. And then they sort of look across the water and we see the main island that we think of when we think of Destiny Islands. But they're clearly on the bigger island where all the houses are and the school and whatever. And then we see them rush off to the beach. And Sophie's like, Kyrie? Because she's like, bitch, you just passed out. Why are you running now? Uh, but Kyrie puts her, her bag down and just sort of lets a message in a bottle out onto the ocean. And Sophie's like, what's that? A letter. I wrote it yesterday. To the boy I can't remember. I said that no matter where he is, I'll find him. One day, when I stopped writing, I remembered that we made a promise. Something, something important. This letter is where it starts. I know it. Wow. I hope he gets it. He will. Starts with an S. Right? Sora? Only she says Sora weird. She goes, right? Sora? I don't understand. Sora? That is, that is a I, weird moment. I don't know if maybe the in Japanese they enunciated it like each kanji separately. And so like the animation of the mouth was weird. So they had to make it weird to match the mouth. I don't know. Mm. But then we get the full fuzzy screen restoration at 79%. And is sitting at his computer screen while the cloaked man is now tossing up and catching a small blue crystal like Roxas just had before he fell. His progress is astounding. So what happened? And the man places the ball into that money pouch that he stole. Namine's encounter with Roxas put his heart in contact with Kyrie's, and that in turn affected Sora, you see? Namine? She's a wonder. She wasn't born like no she wasn't born like other nobodies. She can interfere with the hearts and memories of Sora and those aligned with him. But who's nobody is she? I could tell you. But first, perhaps you could tell me your true name? And the cloaked man reveals his face under that hood. It's Ansem. And it is the face of Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. And Diz just laughs. <laughs> it's an honor, Ansem. And then we see what will be our staff room for quite a while. Staff room 4.0. It's a white room. We saw it in one of the uh, secret extra cutscenes in Chain of Memories. A white circular room with all sorts of different sized tall chairs. And in it, there's a whole bunch of cloaked figures all in uh, organization hoods. When we see it this time, uh, there's only two other figures. And Axel is the only one. So there's three figures total. Axel is uncloaked. And one across the way from him has their arms crossed real hard. But we cut into the middle of a conversation. Axel goes, No way! It's too soon! You can't seriously get rid of him! And then the guy with his arms crossed, It's an order! Why do you hesitate? 
You who has been ruthless towards those who have turned their backs on the organization. But it's not like that. He didn't betray us. He can't come back. If he does not return, you know what you must do, or you will face the consequences. And the guy, like, summons this, like, spear thing, and he, like, mad, like, he doesn't touch it, but, like, he just motions towards Axel, and the spear shoots across the room and stabs into the chair, like, next to Axel's head. It actually cuts off a strand or two of Axel's hair, but Axel doesn't move. Then the leader, who's at the tallest of all the chairs, holds out a hand to, like, say, hey, dude with the fucking spear, chill out. Then the spear vanishes, but then the leader, who is unknown from the previous game, summons a sphere of energy like he did uh, when he was fighting Sora, and he's, like, holding it in Axel's direction. And Axel goes... So you'll turn me into a dusk? All right, I'll do it if that's what you want. And then we see Roxas falling through space. And then he's suddenly waking up in his bed. <laughs> Your delivery I'm... was just immaculate. Uh, should I redo it? <laughs> no, I immaculate. I'm dreaming, but which parts were the dream? I assume he's talking about the whole Kyrie thing and the falling off the, the tower. Yeah. And then we get the words, the fifth day, on screen. Back to the usual spot where the four friends are gathered. Uh, Olette walks up to Roxas and puts her hands on her hips. Hayner says, only three days left of summer vacation, so didn't even mention that assignment. But we agreed we'd finish it today. And Roxas, totally just in his own world, yesterday I fell off the station tower, didn't I? You wouldn't be here if you did. But man, that was a close one. Stop changing the subject. Uh, okay, already. You win. We'll do the homework. Stupid independent study. So anybody got any bright ideas for a topic? Maybe we could study the stuff that's happening to me. You know, dreams, the guys in white. Forget it. Why? You know, things have been weird with you and the town since the photos were stolen, right? And then Pence, well, tomorrow we're all going to search the town and find out what's going, what's been going on. Lots of other people are helping out. All that for me? And Roxas sort of like his mood lightens. I'll go get some ice cream. And he runs off and then comes back. Uh, we cut back to him having brought the ice cream back. Everybody's eating. And then Pence, there's this strange rumor going around. Want to hear it? You know, the stone steps at sunset at sunset station. We use them all the time without even thinking about it. But this is the weirdest part. The steps count different going up and going down. Seriously? And there are six other weird stories like that. It's like the Seven Wonders Twilight Town. We should investigate those for our school project. Pence, you're a genius. There might be other rumors going around too. Let's split up. I'm going to look for the Seven Wonders. Olette and I will go find some new rumors. Come on. That leaves you and me, Roxas. Let's try the train first, to the station. And Roxas proceeds to the train station with Pence, uh, and they head off to another section of Twilight Town that I guess you have to use the, the tram to get to. Uh, it's called... Uh, I just totally blanked on what it's called. Oh, Sunset Terrace. Hainer and Olette like, show up before the train even leaves, and Pence is like, Whoa, five new rumors already? Nothing at Market Street. You twerps aren't going to scoop us. We're going to the terrace with you. Hainer, it's not a race. Well, it is now. 
And Roxas is like, come on, we can all go. They all rush onto the train. And while they're going, Olette pulls out the yellow crystal and like with the light coming in through the window, does what they did at the tower the day before where she's looking at the light through it. And Hayner and Pence do the same thing. And Roxas is like excited and reaches into his pocket to find his, but doesn't find it because it got stolen. And then as they get off the station, Hayner and Olette run off. Uh, and then Pence and Roxas are closer to the actual train for a little bit. And Roxas is like, aren't these the steps you talked about? The ones that count different going up and down? Um, actually, it's the stupidest thing ever, but what? Well, Rye's the one who counted. He's like, every time I count, it's different, you know? <laughs> so he just counted wrong? And Pence nods, and Roxas, <sighs> hey, no worries. And then Roxas and Pence walk around Sunset Station, uh, and Roxas finds several different mysteries of Twilight Town, but they're all weird, and most of them are glitchy, like a computer program messing up. So like in one, he finds an alley where like strange balls are flying out at him, and he rushes past them, and if he touches the wall, they stop. And then after he leaves, there's a dusk that flies out of that alleyway. Roxas investigates a tunnel where there's supposed to be like this weird sound coming from, and he goes in there and he sees Vivi in there alone. Uh, Roxas goes up to Vivi, but then suddenly Vivi like multiplies and there's a bunch of Vivis. Uh, Roxas beats them all, but each time he hits them, there's like a data effect and they disappear. After Roxas defeats these Vivis, another VV walks into the entrance of the tunnel. I was like, what's up, Roxas? Oh, did you need this area, Roxas? I, I was, I do practicing here. And I was like, uh, no, it's just that there were so many of you. So many of me. I, I don't get it. Anyway, I'm, I'm done for today. Uh, you can take your time. And then Pence walks in as Vivi's walking out and is like, so the voice was just Vivi practicing. But as Vivi, as Roxas and Pence are talking, we see Vivi in the background turn into a dusk and fly away. Oh. We go to a spot where there is a little, like a fountain with a waterfall. And Roxas looks at his reflection and then like a dark shadow version of Roxas comes out of his reflection and he fights it. When Pence walks over, he's like, oh, it's just a reflection. But it is kind of spooky. I bet somebody just saw it and thought it was weird. And then as Roxas and Pence walk away, we see that the shadow form is still there in the reflection. And then Roxas walks to Sunset Hill, which is a just a little hill area in this zone where there's a strange bag that's sort of bouncing around the area. Uh, you have to jump on it. Each of these are little mini games, basically. You jump on the bag and it slows it down like you wear out whatever's inside. Uh, but then Roxas opens the bag when he's done and a dog comes out. And Pence walks up and is like, oh, it's just a dog. And then the dog walks off and Pence and Roxas are talking and we see the dog turn into a dusk. And then uh, Roxas is talking to Pence and is like, you know, that last wonder wasn't exactly wonderful. I understand. Say no more. This next one's going to be really great. Wonder number six. And Hayner and Alette run in and they're like, we got another lead. The ghost train mystery. Everybody knows about wonder number six. Yeah, well, I didn't. Did you find out where the train runs? You can see it from Sunset Hill. So they all head off to Sunset Hill. If the rumors are true, it'll be here any minute. For they say the train is empty. No driver, no conductor, no passengers, no return. Uh, they eventually, like clearly hours have probably passed and they're just like laying on the ground and everybody's like just talking about other stuff. We got to make it to the beach next year. Yeah, we better get jobs the second vacation starts. And Cypher walks up. Good afternoon, slackers. Roxas turns and sees him. What are you doing out here? What do you care? 
I don't. Tell me anyway. We're waiting for the ghost train. <laughs> waiting for the ghost train. Uh, and Broxus stands up all annoyed. Why does looking at you always tick me off? He says to Roxas. I don't know. Maybe it's destiny. Destiny. In that case, let's be friends. I don't feel like cooperating with destiny. When have you ever cooperated with anything? And then uh, Cypher, like, does a chest pound thing and then leaves. And Olette calls after him. Cypher! I know. Tomorrow. And then Roxas says, look! And he rushes over to the edge, and we see a train that's like... All the other ones are kind of orangey and yellowy, like Twilight Town colors, but this one's like blue with like a wizard's hat and they're shooting stars on it and it like passes right by and Roxas is like it's really true and there's really no one on board what's the catch though there's got to be a catch right and then everybody else is sort of looking at each other then it's real let's go to the station and Roxas rushes off the others follow him and when Roxas gets there he sees the train and he's like let's go in but Hainer stop like grabs his arms like hey stop and Roxas is like what uh you'll get hurt and when Roxas turns back to look at the train, it's not there. And then, like, right after that, another train pulls into the station. Uh, and Roxas is extra confused at that one. They they get on that train so that they can go back to the rest of Twilight Town. And then as they're walking, Hayner's like, let's go home and work on the paper. Hence, the rumors were bogus. The end. We can still make it sound good if we write about all the work we did. But what about the last one? The seventh, the seventh wonder? Who cares? I do. Come on, Pence. Whatever. Pence and, Pence and Roxas walk up to the gates of the old mansion. As they're walking up, Pence says, You know something? We were going to check out the mansion tomorrow. It is the most suspicious place. Right. Even Cypher's gang was going to help. Cypher? Yeah. Hainer asked him to. And Roxas looks up at a window, and we, and I assume Roxas, can clearly see Naminé in this window. So what are we looking for? Well, they say there's a girl who appears in the second floor window, even though no one's lived here for years. And very clearly, to, uh, when Roxas looks up at the window, we see inside of it. And it's a pure white room, a lot like the rooms in Castle Oblivion. Has a long table in the middle, and there's all sorts of nominee pictures up on the walls. Uh, and we focus on one of them, and it's Kyrie with a Paupu fruit. And then we hear nominee's voice. Roxas. Namine? And then we see another picture, and it's clearly of Roxas and Axel, both in organization coats. Uh, and now it's as if Roxas is in that room, and we're seeing it from his point of view, and he's like looking around at all the art on the walls. This is me, and Axel's here too. Well, you are best friends. Very funny. Don't you want to know the truth about who you really are? No one knows me better than me. Of course. <laughs> But I don't get what's been happening lately. And Roxas sees a picture of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. You know these three, don't you? Yeah, Sora, Donald, and Goofy. They're from my dreams. About a year ago, some things happened, and I had to take apart the memories chained together in Sora's heart. But now, I'm putting them exactly back the way they were. It's taken me a long time, but pretty soon, Sora will be his old self again. But the process has been affecting you too, Roxas. You mean the dreams? Yes, you and Sora are connected, and in order for Sora to become completely whole again, he needs you. And then Roxas sees a picture of himself and Sora, and says, Me? What for? You hold half of what he is. He needs you, Roxas. Namine? And then 
the scene changes a little bit, and Naminé and Roxas are sitting at opposite ends of the long white table. Naminé, who are you? I'm a witch, with the power over Sora's memories and those around him. A witch? Well, that's what Diz called me. But I don't know why I have this power. I, I just do. I'm not even sure there's a right way for me to use it. Hmm. I can't help you there. And then he looks over at the drawing of himself and Axel. It's funny. Suddenly I feel like I don't know myself at all. I guess I would like to know. What do you know about me that I don't? You were never supposed to exist, Roxas. What? How could you even say such a thing? Even if it were true. Don't say that to someone. I'm sorry. I guess some things really are better left unsaid. Yeah. Usually something like that comes from a parent, though. And not some (laughs) random chick. Oh. Uh, And then suddenly, Roxas is back outside with Pence. And Pence is, like, shaking him. Because I guess Roxas was just, like, their catatonic or something. Roxas! Roxas! Huh? Did you see her? Uh, Yeah, watch the window closely. And Roxas points out the window, but even in his vision now, Naminé's not there. And Pence is like, oh, lame. That's just a curtain moving. There must be a draft somewhere. I'm surprised this old place even has curtains left. Uh, But then we, at least the camera, maybe Roxas, see Naminé in the window again. Roxas is just like, yeah... Well, let's head back to the usual spot. Hainer and Olette are waiting. Uh, and then they head back to the usual spot, and Olette's like, Hey guys, how'd it go? Uh, the girl in the window turned out to be a curtain flapping in the wind. I figured as much. The report's already done. All right. So want to go find Hainer? He's probably at the station. And then Roxas is just sort of staring off into space. You know, we only have two more days together. Huh? Summer vacation, remember? Oh, Right. And then they walk to the train station uh, and up on the clock tower. Hayner is eating ice cream. And Hayner says, Tomorrow we search the town. And next day's the fair. The last day of summer. Don't say that. You'll give me an ulcer. Not if you explode from all that ice cream first. <laughs> uh, everybody but Roxas is laughing, just picking on each other like friends do. Uh, Roxas is just like out of it, though. And then we see uh, Diz sitting in a chair and... You know, our cloaked Ansem walking in. Why did you show him the train? Because he missed the trip to the beach. (laughs) That's almost kind of you. Now, what about you? Are the holes in your memory starting to fill in? Yes, the haze is clearing. The same thing is happening to everyone who had ties to Sora. Very soon, to them, he'll be like a good friend who's gone away for a year. Because this is kind of where we learn... When Sora was forgetting about everybody, they were forgetting about him too, because the way memories work in Kingdom Hearts is like those links reach across people too. Okay. And then Ansem sits down in another chair in the room and says, I've waited, and now I want to know. What is it that you want? And then Diz. Revenge. Revenge? Now for the finishing touches. First, we must dispose of Namine. She did a splendid job with Sora, but it's high time she disappeared. Roxas isn't the only one who was never meant to exist. Take care of it, Ansem. Icky. And then we we get the staticky screen. Restoration at 97%. Our final thing of glitchy Sora memories. It's the end of the world through the end of the game, all the way up to seeing Castle Oblivion from the outside, but notably it cuts off hard right when we see the outside of Castle Oblivion. And then we cut straight from that 
back to that same dark beach where the two cloaked figures meet. Only this time, the one is voiced. So we have Unknown, and we have Roxas. I've been to see him. He looks a lot like you. Who are you? And then we see in that dark city from another side, another story. Uh, they turn and look at each other as they pass. After both have reached the bottom, they destroy the remaining Neo Shadows, and then they turn on each other. The two are exchanging blows before the figure with Oathkeeper knocks the other man to the ground. And the man on the ground, long white hair, blindfold, clearly Riku, says, Why? Why do you have the Keyblade? I mean, it's Riku's voice. There's no hiding it anymore. I knew it was Riku. I told you. And then Roxas, <laughs> the other one, says, Shut up! And we see Roxas is like going down to swing at Riku. But then Roxas wakes up in his bedroom. And uh, throughout this little part in his bedroom, Roxas keeps fading between Roxas and Sora. Okay. But the sixth day appears on screen. Roxas heads to uh, the usual spot. Hainer uh, and Pence and Aladdin are already there talking. Roxas walks in and is like, man, I could not sleep last night. But his friends don't acknowledge him. He's like, guys? And he reaches towards Hainer, but his hand goes right through him. Huh? Roxas takes a step back and is watching his friends and then they, they like run right through him as they run out of the place. Roxas leaves the usual spot and then is cornered by Dusks. And then Axel appears and is like, look at what it's come to. I've been given these icky orders to destroy you if you refuse to come back with me. We're best friends, right? And Axel sort of scratches his head. Uh, sure, but I'm not getting turned into a Dusk for... Wait a sec, you remember now? Y yeah, great. But, you know, got to make sure and all. So, uh, what's our boss's name? And Roxas can't answer. Can't believe this. And then uh, Roxas picks up a stick and it turns into the Keyblade. Which is a really funny goof for people who have played uh, 358 over two days. Your little aside into the mic. <laughs> well, the next game that we'll cover actually takes place in that year before. And it tells Roxas's story up until this point. Mm-hmm. With this Keyblade, Roxas defeats the Dusks, uh, and then Axel goes to strike at him with his Chakram, but Axel freezes, and then Diz's voice, Roxas, to the mansion, the time has come. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny, but I did. The time has come. Come on. <laughs> uh, Roxas runs off, and then Axel unfreezes and says, the Roxas that I know is long gone. Fine, I see how it is. Uh, Roxas runs to that old mansion. There's these big locked gates, and he's like, fuck, how do I get in? Don't call me here and then lock me out, is the actual line. But he's like, fuck, how do I get in? But then <laughs> Roxas gets a vision of Sora unlocking something with the keyblade, and he's like, I'm a fucking idiot. And he <laughs> unlocks the key, like the, the big lock on the, the gate with the keyblade, and then rushes into the mansion. Uh, while in here, we do see some other nobodies, but I will, I think I'll cover them at the beginning of next time. Roxas heads up to the upstairs and ends up in the white room, that same room that he saw Anamine in before. Uh, and then he sees one of him in a dark alley of that dark city. And he gets a headache. And then we cut to Roxas in that alley, in that dark city, and he's walking down. And uh, Axel is there leaning on a wall, crossing his arms. And Axel just calls out, Your mind's made up? And Roxas stops. Why did the Keyblade choose me? I have to know. You can't turn on the organization. 
And then Roxas, that vision stops, and he sees nominees there in the white room with him. And then Roxas, Organization 13, they're a bad group. Bad or good? I, I don't know. They're a group of incomplete people who wish to be whole. And to that end, they're desperately searching for something. What? Kingdom Hearts. Roxas chuckles. Funny? It's just, I think, I've been running away from the question I really want to ask. What's going to happen to me now? Just tell me that. Nothing else really matters anymore. You are, and then nominee sort of flickers. And she sort of like gets data dissolved and then disappears in a flash. There's no knowledge that has the power to change your fate. Even if it doesn't, I want to know. I have the right to know. A nobody does not have the right to know, nor does it even have the right to be. But what is a nobody? Then Ansem appears. Diz, we're out of time. Too many nobodies. And a, a portal springs up behind Diz, and Nominee comes through this dark portal and calls out, Roxas, nobodies like us are only half a person. You won't disappear. You'll be whole. I'll disappear? And then Diz, no further outbursts. No, you won't disappear. You'll... And Diz grabs Nominee and covers your mouth. Wait! And then Roxas tries rushing to the portal, but Ansem stops him from going. Um, Nominee is able to pull Diz's hand off of her mouth and calls out, Roxas, we'll meet again, and then we can talk about everything. I'm, I may not know it's you, and you may not know it's me, but we will meet again. Someday soon, I promise. And then Nominee and Diz fade through the portal. Roxas yells, let her go, but... Ansem and that portal vanish. Uh, Roxas eventually finds the mansion library where there is a, it's really dumb. Like whoever set up this puzzle is dumb in universe. We don't have to do anything. There's a thing of nominees drawings on the table where there's like three circles and each of them have a symbol in it. And on the table, there's that same drawing and only two of the symbols are in it. So Roxas just draws that third symbol. And then that whole part of the floor disappears. And Roxas enters this basement, which is weird. All technology and like computers and stuff like where Diz has been this whole time. Uh, as Roxas enters this area, his headaches again. Clearly when he get these, gets these headaches, he's remembering his real life. He sees that white room of uh, Staff Room 4.0 with the huge chairs. And Roxas is in one of them. Uh, he sees Roxas running down the city streets being chased by dusks and then we see him confronting riku again riku calls out why why do you have the keyblade and roxas shut up and as roxas is like swinging down a final blow on riku riku like pulls up uh oath keeper and like turns this all around and now roxas is on the ground and uh riku's standing then we see roxas lying underneath a weird machine that's been in that room that we've seen a few times. And then Diz and Ansem walk over and Ansem's like, will it work? If we can maintain the simulated town until Namine finishes chaining together Sora's memories. What will happen to Roxas? He holds half of Sora's power within him. In the end, he'll have to give it back. And Diz goes over to the set of monitors that he's seen this whole time. Until then, he'll need another personality to throw off his pursuers. Poor thing. It's the fate of a nobody. And the machine wears up, and Roxas, like, gets turned into data. Like, the Roxas starts disappearing on that platform that he's on. So this whole game so far, we have been in a data simulation of Twilight Town. 
And then in real life, uh, Roxas's like memory flash headache stops. He gets pissed off. The keyblade's in his hand, and he just hacks violently at these computers. Uh, and then a door next to him opens, and he enters it, and instantly he's surrounded by nobodies. Uh, Roxas defeats them, and then Axel walks in and says, Simply amazing, Roxas. Axel, you really do remember me this time. I'm so flattered. And then Axel's pissed off because, you know, his friend is, he's upset. Uh, and like half the room basically goes up in flames and he goes, but you're too late. And Roxas, normally, like this whole time, we've just been using the kingdom key. The plain thing you think of when you think of a keyblade. But suddenly, Roxas has Oathkeeper and Oblivion. And Axel just goes, two, and then you fight Axel. Roxas wins. The flames disappear, uh, and then we cut back to Roxas walking through the city when uh, Axel was like, are you really fucking leaving? And Axel's like, if you get on their bad side, they'll destroy you. And then Roxas, no one would miss me. That's not true. I would. And then that memory, we switch back to Axel right after the fight with Roxas. Uh, Roxas, Axel. And Axel, let's meet again in the next life. Yeah, I'll be waiting. Silly. Just because you have a next life. And then Axel disappears. Roxas walks to where Axel vanished. And uh, then through another corridor. And he sees capsules with familiar faces inside. And says, Donald? Goofy? And they're, they're similar to Sora's capsule, but they're a bit thinner. And then he enters the big room with Sora's capsule. And Diz is standing there. At last, the Keyblade's chosen one. Who are you talking to? Me or Sora? To half of Sora, of course. You reside in darkness. What I need is someone who can move about the Realm of Light and destroy Organization 13. Why? Who are you? I am a servant of the world. <laughs> and if I am a servant, then you should consider yourself a tool at best. Was that... Was that supposed to be a joke? And he conjures his Keyblades. Because I'm not laughing. And Roxas like tries to beat up Diz, but uh, it's clearly just a, a data projection. And then Diz, my apologies. This is only a data-based projection. Roxas is just screaming in anger and just keeps attacking at the Diz, even though he knows he's not doing anything. Eventually, Diz like moves from that spot and reappears behind Roxas and says, come over here. And Roxas turns and stares at Diz and she's like, I hate you so much. You should share some of that hatred with Sora. He's far too nice for his own good. No, my heart belongs to me. And Roxas runs towards him and tries to cut through Diz, who disappears. But Diz was kind of baiting him, and now Roxas is really close to the capsule. And it glows, and it looks like it's about to start to open. And then we see Sora floating inside, still asleep. And Roxas says, Sora, you're lucky. Looks like my summer vacation is over. I hate you so much. You should share some of that hatred with Sora. He's far too nice for his own good. No! My heart belongs to me! Sora.
You're lucky. Looks like my summer vacation's over. And the Kingdom Hearts 2 logo appears on screen, and that's where we're ending it for the day. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we got through it in one episode. That is... Austin, you got it memorized? I do. The summer is over comments too much. I oh, it's way that... sadder. It's way sadder when you know his whole story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no shit. Thanks. Looking forward to it. There's a reason. So for those of you who are listening who aren't Lilith, there's somebody in our Discord who's a friend of ours named Lilith. Uh, and she's been playing the game that comes after this one. And I've been encouraging her to try and finish before we start Kingdom Hearts 2. Because everything we just went through is way more impactful when you know all of Roxas's story. Mm. I feel like. The demographic and age range that this game shoots for, typically, I know it's like nebulous a little bit, but Jesus Christ, this shit is heavy and deep, and it just stays heavy and deep or gets heavier and deeper. I don't know how many times I can say deep and deeper in this sentence, but I just added a few right there. Yeah, I do think it kind of, to an extent, sort of matures alongside the players based that it sort of... right got at the beginning like chain memories was a bit darker two is a bit darker but it never like loses that like whimsy and fun disney world exploration it's it's authentic energy it's innocence either especially with sora Mm -hmm. but how do you guys feel about roxas's last six days of life and summer vacation it's really fucked up that's rough, buddy. Yeah, you know, when this shows up in Chain of Memories, you're like, oh, this guy might be cool. And it's like, no, this guy fucking sucks. I hate Diz so much. I'm right there with Roxas. And in fact, in the uh, in the manga, there's a, a, that scene where he turns and looks at Diz and is like, I fucking hate you. And the manga, he goes, my hatred for you is unbearable. And he's crying Oof. in the panel. Oof. It's just like, I'm right there with you, Roxas. I fucking hate Diz. He's racist, yeah. He's he's racist against nobodies, basically. And wrong and cruel. Whether or not he believes, like, clearly he doesn't believe nobodies are people. But the shit he pulls on Roxas and Namine, he should not. This man should be in prison. And the worst part is, like, he's he's never, like, a player character type thing, but he's always kind of on the side of the good guys. So it's like, fuck, why does, why do they have to make this asshole on the good guy side? Failed for crimes. Well, I, I just talked a lot and I talked really fast. So, uh, <laughs> do, do you guys, you guys have any, any thoughts, comments, questions on what we just went over? I hate Those that Rock had to go back to Sora. Yeah. And I'm uh, low-key, okay, so straight up, I uh, am definitely more of a Roxas fan than a Sora fan, and I really think we nev- we should never go back to Sora. It should all be Roxas. I think they should be able to live as separate entities. Okay, yes, but we should still follow Roxas instead. 
Well, you're in for a treat next game because next game we follow Roxas. This was this was only the was this only the intro or was this the entire game? This This was the intro. The intro up to the point that we get the fucking title card. Yeah, this is like the first two to four hours of the game, depending on how how long you take. Two to four hours is not an intro to a game. It is in Kingdom Hearts 2. This is a very long game. Kingdom Hearts 2 is actually Kingdom Hearts like 4, first of all. First Kingdom Hearts of 3. All. If we Dang. were going by in release order, it's the third game. Okay, the third game. So Kingdom Hearts 3 Kingdom here Hearts 2. today in this place nope. should just split itself up into 3 <laughs> and 4 if it's going to be 2 hours for the introduction. I don't have that kind of attention span. <laughs> yeah, this, this this intro has always been kind of controversial because, like, it's a very long intro. We're playing a character we've never met before for two hours, and everyone's like, "Where the fuck Sora?" Right. Especially if you didn't fucking play Chain of Memories, and you're like, I, "He was just walking on a road last I saw, chasing after fucking Pluto. Where's Sora?" Well, also, like, legitimately, if this takes somebody who's new like three to four hours. That is a whole game right there in and of itself, especially when you have this new character you don't know. You know what I mean? So you kind of get attached to him, and then all of a sudden he's gone, and mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. This was definitely one whole game. It's like Catch a mini game. For Kingdom Hearts 4. Nope. Next time we dive into Kingdom Hearts 2, but like the full thing and not just the intro. <laughs> we see Sora waking up. But uh, I'm tired of Sora. Um, as tired as I think is clear, uh, like Roxas is Sora's nobody. So, Just like I said, I feel like you've been told this in the past. Yes, yeah. I think uh, by you. Uh, yeah, I think before, like before the podcast was even a glimmer in any of our eyes. Uh, I believe I told you about Roxas. To be fair, though, I don't hardly remember a thing. So it's still a victory. Yes. Uh, so so that means Roxas was basically born the second that Sora sap, stabbed himself and became a Heartless. That's when mm-hmm. Roxas was born, fully formed. Okay. And I'll say, it's you also fucking called it last at the beginning of Chain of Memories with Nomine when you're like, oh, Nomine's Kyrie's nobody. And I'm like, fuck, Cronus. Ah, Cronus. <laughs> So they were both born at that exact same time because exactly what you said, nominate extra shouldn't exist. Like, as far as this is concerned, no, nobody should exist. Mm-hmm. But nominate extra shouldn't exist because she's not Kyrie's body. Yeah. What she is, I can't say. Nobody can say, but she is considered a nobody. I love when theories come together. Um, but I'll also say it's a little weird. Uh, we haven't seen any other of our nobody people like Axel and anybody in Castle Oblivion. We haven't seen them as regular people, just as nobodies. But I'll say when they're regular people, they look the exact same. So it's mm-hmm. weird that Roxas and Namine don't look exactly the same. With their little blonde heads. Mm-hmm. So why does we'll Namine get... look different? I know why Roxas does. Great question. I don't know. Nobody does. Hmm, okay. I'm, my like, best guess is it's, 
no. Zero people in the world besides Tetsuya Nomura know why Yamane <laughs> looks different. So the, so a somebody knows. One somebody. One somebody. I'm sorry. Austin hates it here. No, I'm yeah. just like, I'm exhausted after blasting through all that. My throat's sore. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it all on the line for this pod. <laughs> oh, man. For the pod. Do it for the pod. Our intro and outro music is dearly reminded by Ana Ultra. You can find his Bandcamp link in the show notes. You can also find a link to our Discord server in the show notes. Yeah, uh, come check out the Discord, guys. We hang out in there. We share memes. We talk smack. Uh... I never know what's going on on the pod or in there. So if you want to see some of that in real time, that's that's what's up. We also got some really cool uh, buddies hanging out in there. We've got Lilith, Crazy Cans, Heartless BB, and then the rest of us. So join our uh, strange tiny little community where we will probably, probably roast each other. So, And if you know other Kingdom Hearts obsessed people, Show them our podcast so they can get in touch with Austin and he can have a support group that actually knows what's going on. No, don't you realize that's what this podcast is? I'm building it. I'm building <laughs> you guys into my support group. You will be insane like me one day. Oh, God. Is that the day that you take off the ropes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> will I finally be unchained from my computer? Yes. It was a real pain in the ass to have to move your chains all the way to your parents' house. I know. My mom was really worried. and I know. But she's gotten to where she doesn't question us anymore. I, I wish she would. Awesome. You should have seen my surprise when you rolled up and stayed over where I'm at just to lock me down at my desk. Oh, man. As we joked about in, I think, episode four or five, every week, every week I do it. <laughs> The mileage, the gas prices, uh, uh, it's all worth that's it. That's about a, about a 12-hour drive, so that alone should make you want to not only listen to this podcast more for Austin's car mileage, but also join us on the Discord. Uh, hashtag set us free. Thank you. If we ever start a Patreon, just know it's to get Austin a new car. <laughs> <laughs> This week's intro and outro music. No, I already did that. That's the that's the thing. Like people wait for me to do it. Yeah, how do I do it now? I th- I guess I just go to uh that's all from us this week. Bye. 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 No hall of bastion. <laughs> I've been waiting for that for many moons. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell I'm trying to rush so that we can get through the intro in one day? No. Oh, trust me, this is me going fast.
Oh. All but right, I double time. No, I, honest, how long have we been recording? When did I send the gummy, Craig? Oh, uh, okay, we can keep going.